Live from the rooftop of the Herman London Real Estate Group in beautiful downtown Maplewood, it's the St. Louis Realtor Podcast with your host, Adam Cruz. Welcome, welcome to the Herman London Group St. Louis Realtor Podcast live from the rooftop of beautiful downtown Maplewood, Missouri, and we're excited to get the podcast going. I think this is episode number 21, and we are very excited for today because we have an extremely special guest. We have the president of the St. Louis Association of Realtors, Janet Judd. In the studio, she's been a realtor and a mentor, and she's very involved, and we've got a lot of great questions ready to ask her. The only announcement I want to make is for the realtors listening, the St. Louis Association of Realtors listening, please join us, uh, the St. Louis Association of Realtors, on October 22nd from 4.30 to 6.30 at Schlafly in beautiful downtown Maplewood, Missouri, just a block or so from our office here, for RPAC-toberfest. We're all big supporters of RPAC, and uh, it's a great time for you to come and learn a little bit about it. And have a couple drinks and network with your fellow realtors. So I hope to see you there. I hope to meet you there. And let me know that you are listening to the show. And don't forget to check out our blog and our podcast because we've been posting all of the latest shows on there. And we're looking for more questions from our listeners. So if you have any questions, don't forget to email podcast at hermanlondon.com. And please take a second and like us and share us and all that type of thing on whatever social media outlet you're listening to this on. So I'm going to jump right in now and we're going to welcome our very special guest. All right. Well, welcome. Welcome. We're very excited because today we have a very special person in the studio with us. We've got Janet Judd, realtor extraordinaire, president also to the St. Louis Association of Realtors. You probably have a lot of other letters and accolades and stuff like that behind your name, right? Um, So I'm on the St. Louis Association of Realtors board of directors with Janet, and I guess that's how I was able to coerce her to come in here today because I'm sure you're very busy. But welcome to the studio. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. And so I, I kind of just wanted to give you a chance to tell us just a little bit about yourself. And, you know, I have questions about how you became president and how you got involved at the St. Louis Association of Realtors and that type of thing. But just tell us a little bit about yourself, if you don't mind. All righty. Well, I've been in real estate 30 years. Oh, my gosh. I started when I was 26. Okay. So I don't okay. lie about my age anymore. Okay. And I definitely have to dye my hair more often. But um, I started when I was 26. I used to be a police officer. Oh, wow. Okay. And I was the first female officer that Clayton ever hired. Back then, they didn't accept federal funds or anything. So they said they didn't uh, hire minorities. Uh-huh. And I tried anyway, and I was, so I was the first female with 52 guys. So you were a police officer before you were a realtor? Before I got to or be a realtor. Or were you like police officer by day, realtor at night? Well, I, I got my license. My, soon, my husband, I met him there at the department. Okay. He had a house in Jefferson County. And so he sold his house in Jefferson County, and I was kind of involved in that transaction. We always worked part-time jobs as officers. You always had a gig going on at a bank or a hotel or a construction site. Oh, like being security. For part-time work. Okay. And Rick, my husband, suggested that I get my real estate license and try that. And I did. And my first year, I did a million. Oh, wow. And I slept like four hours a night. Uh Uh-huh. And of course, I thought I was a big shot. Right. And I had like five deals in the running when I gave my notice like two, two and a half years later. To the police department. To the police department. So I was there just short of five years. 
Did it help having a gun on your hip when you were negotiating deals? It did. It did. And chokeholds and all that good <laughs> stuff. It helped. <laughs> oh, this is not the first time you've heard this joke before? <laughs> I've heard it. And I locked the windows, you know, can't get out, that kind of stuff. So that's what I did. And I got into, took off and, and started full time. I had five deals in the funnel. Okay. And every single deal fell apart. Oh, my gosh. Over furnaces, septic termites, every basic thing. And you were nervous. I was nervous. Were you able to use that nervous energy to fight harder for more business or did you kind of collapse or how did you handle it? I knew I couldn't go back. I mean, I, the police department didn't want me to leave. I told them I felt like it was the right thing to do. You didn't want to tail between the legs and I head back. I sure did and I was meant to succeed. I wasn't going to go back Okay. and have them say, I told you so. Uh-huh. And so I just put my head down, kept working, did the basics, knocked on doors, wow. took the front desk. I had a mentor and just went from there. Wow. Okay. Can I ask what company you started with? I was an Ira Berry girl. Oh, okay. Ira Berry. And I was with them and then they got purchased by Coal Banker. Okay. And so like I Like years later, right? Years later, like six years later. So I started in 85. So somewhere down the road, Coal Banker bought them. Uh-huh. So about 1991, I went to Gundaker. Oh, Colwell Banker bought Ira Berry. Bought Ira Berry. And then Gundaker was a separate company at the same time. It was a separate com- company okay. with Gordon Gundaker. Right. So in 1991, I had my daughter, and I tell everyone I think it was hormones, uh-huh. but I just decided, heck, I'll go ahead and go with Gundaker now. They've right. been trying to recruit me. Yeah. And I went to Gundaker. I was there until 2001. So recruiting was big back then, too. It was huge. Okay. It was huge. I went to Gundaker, was there maybe 10 years, and then 2001 happened, and that's when Cowell Banker bought Gundaker. Okay, okay. And I said, that's kind of like an ex-husband. I'm not going back. Right, okay. And that's when I went to Remax, and I've been with them since. Okay, beautiful. And then have you always been really involved with... The St. Louis Association of Realtors or with, you know, other extracurricular charities or anything like that? or Before, and I'm going to say SLAR, St. Louis Association sure. of okay. Realtors, I was very involved in my church, St. John's Lutheran Church. So okay. I worked my way up to committees there, you know, started cleaning the pews and, uh-huh. and all that stuff, altar guild and all that, helping in the school and just helping. That's, right. that's what it was all about. And then eventually Dave Fook, who was a past president of... Uh-huh. Slar asked me, I applied. You have to apply to be on a committee. Right. That's the first step. And I applied for the grievance committee. The best committee. Yes. And it took maybe four or five years to get on it. Oh, wow. And one day he called and said I was on it. And that's where it started. It took off from there. Okay. So it took about 15 years from when I started on a committee and I ended up chairing other committees, education, professional standards, grievance, elections. Did somebody, you you mentioned you had a mentor. Did somebody encourage you to get involved or did you just, why why do you get involved? I like to get involved obviously too. I'm on the board and all that stuff. Board of directors. Actually, thanks to you. A lot of realtors, they don't want to do it. What would I do that for? You know, and I'm trying to encourage them to do it. And Mm -hmm. what, what kind of like drove you? For me, it was... I like to hear and learn things firsthand. If so, I like to ask a lot of questions. Uh-huh. I'm inquisitive and very direct, right. and I like to hear it. 
and see it. So being involved at the board, I felt like I was like osmosis. I could just learn things, take it in. It made me a better realtor. Uh And I made friendships along the way too. Um, Dear friends, I mean, it's not always about that. Some realtors are short-sighted and say, why would I want to hang with realtors? I just want to make money. Right. They're my enemy. Exactly. And there's the pie is big enough for everyone. Uh Everyone has something to give. And that's what I try to encourage people to do. You know, so I, I'm interested to ask you questions related to both your position on the board and, and, you know, kind of like realtors and associations in general, but also just I want to get some knowledge from your experience. I mean, I didn't know you'd been a realtor for 30 years, but you, I got a lot to learn from you, you know. So, but as your kind of your position on the Association of Realtors, why do you think that someone should be a realtor and not just a real estate agent? Like what? What's the benefit of being a member of the St. Louis Association of Realtors or SLAR? That's a great question. Chris Polycron, the president of the National Association, 2014. Okay. He was invited to come to SLAR for a, a summit that we had, and the takeaway that I had from talking with him is he would ask people whether he sat next to them in the airport or wherever he was, and the, oh, someone will always say, oh, I sold my house, or I did this, right. or my sister's selling a house, and he would say, are they using a licensee, or mm-hmm. are they using a realtor? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was such a great way to, to ask people about right. that. Licensees, and the public really doesn't know to make it, that there's a big difference. A licensee is someone who takes the exam, they get licensed with the state of Missouri, and they can sell homes. Mm-hmm. They're not a member of our association, of the St. Louis Association of Realtors. Once they join that, they join the Missouri Realtors and the National Association of Realtors. All of us apply and we all agree to uphold the uh, Code of Ethics. Right. And the Code of Ethics is the golden rule for us. Uh-huh. And they pay membership fees to the associations so that they have access to the MLS. They have access to our super keys. Right. They have access to the legal forms. hotlines. Right. Our contracts and forms are one of the best in the country. I love them. They also have access to the events that we hold, the forums, the output groups, everything that we have. So if someone's just a licensee, I really feel like they're missing the boat. And the public, if they're working with just a licensee, they're not benefiting from being with a true professional, in my eye. Right who agrees to uphold the code of ethics that they're going to be held accountable for. In a non-realtor, a person who has their license, in my opinion, they have to sort of jerry-rig things, right? It's like, let me get a contract from somebody else. Let me have someone else let us get in the property, right? They, Like you say, they don't have to follow the code of ethics. They're probably not as educated on... That's Real estate it. deals today, that type they of stuff. Don't, many of the complaints that are filed with the MREC, from, is my understanding, are from licensees. Okay. Non-realtors. Okay. There's a point of difference. Jumping back to you know you being a realtor and your success as a realtor and stuff like that, I'm, I'm curious. You know, I, I sort of have two ways to ask this, I guess. I want to just hear if you had any tips for new realtors. But my the different way to ask it is, if you, knowing what you know today, if you could turn back time and start over, you're a brand new realtor again, but with today's knowledge, what would you do differently? The big deal for me would be education up front. Okay. So not only, I would probably go after my GRI, the graduate from the Realtor Institute. Okay. I would go after that sooner versus later. I think I did it my fifth year. And back then it was a little bit different process to get it. We had to go out of town to get it. Uh-huh. It was more testing, et cetera. But the GRI, once I had that under my belt, 
it just promoted me. I mean, I just, my business just went to town. It really did getting the GRI because it made me more comfortable with the contracts, with clients. I had something other agents didn't. So the change from that was really within you though, right? I mean, the public doesn't necessarily know what a GRI is, but you knew more how to get business, how to It made me better. Okay. It did. It really did. And then after that, I went after the CRS, the Certified Residential Specialist. You do have a lot of letters behind your name. I've got the CRS. I've got the GRI. I've got the ABR, Accredited Buyer. Okay. SRES, the Seniors Designation. Okay. I've got the uh, Short Sale Designation. Do you have to have, like, extra long business cards? Do you put that all (laughs) on? (laughs) Exactly. But uh, I just went after the education factor because it's been proven that when you do have a designation, you make more money. Okay. That's a statistical fact, and they have it. Okay. So have you always kept a big database? Do you have a database of all your past clients and all that type of thing? I do. and um, But actually, I weed it out. I really do. I do it to about 400 people. Wow. That's after still a lot that, of people. After, and I know them. I mean, and uh-huh. they know me. They get mailings from me, et cetera. But do I keep every single person I ever have? No. If, if I hug you, if I fill a rapport with you, those are the ones that I keep in my database. Okay, so if you're not getting a letter from Janet, she needs a hug. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Come on in, give her her hug. And back then you said that you were doing door knocking and that type of thing. I did it all. Would you say that's still what a new realtor today should do, or what, what would you do differently if you were the new realtor today? I think they really have to toot their horn. They need to send out the cards, uh-huh. um, handwritten notes. Okay. They need to do that a point of difference. They need to not focus on their family. If you count on your family to send you referrals, yeah. you're very lucky and fortunate if your family does that. Yeah. So you need to hold the open houses. You need to volunteer to do work for other agents. It's almost like an internship, but not quite. Right. You know, you just tell another agent, I'll help you with this. I'll do this for you. I'll hold uh-huh. open houses. And if you sit next to them, you'll learn. I kept a notebook. I wrote down everything. I went wow. into the office. I didn't know what contingent contracts were. I didn't understand them. I mean, I had my license, but did I understand them and how people could explain it well enough? Uh-huh. And I would hear different agents explaining it, and I'd be writing it down. Okay. And then I'd go home and I'd read it and say it out loud so I could explain it well. That's good. Okay. That was me, little nerdy, my little book. <laughs> and now do you use an assistant? I've had assistants. Uh-huh. I don't have an assistant right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've had three assistants in the years. Let's just talk about the market. You know, mm-hmm. I think as you're in your position at SLAR, you probably have to give other interviews to the news and stuff like that sometimes. I'm guessing they ask about, like, tell us about the market. Is it buyer's or seller's market and stuff like that? Can you give me kind of like your quick news spiel type of thing? From the details that I have from August, okay, the stats that I have, August was the slowest closing month nationally that NAR has seen in six to eight months. Wow, okay. So it was a slow closing month. Okay. Here in St. Louis, I haven't seen the stats for that as of yet. Okay. To me, my own business, it feels a little slower. There's just not as many listings out there. Right, absolutely. And the sellers are afraid to put their houses on the market because there isn't another home that they may want to go to. Uh-huh. They're going to sell their house, but the house they want, want may not be available so right now. So it's a seller's market. It still is. Right, okay. It still is. I know some realtors that I talked to, I was at a golf tournament a few weeks ago, and, you know, hey, Adam, how's how's business going? I'm like, things are great. Things are good. I'm busy, you know. And then, mm-hmm. how is your business? And I ask a realtor how their business is. And some of them were like, well, listings are up 10%. Buyers are down 4%. You know, they like knew all their percentages. It sounds mm-hmm. like you're not a big percentage person like I'm not. You I'm know? not. 
It's kind of more like, let's get the deals done. and Just get it done. For me, it's about, you know, I know what income I need and like to make. Uh-huh. And that's what it's all about. Right. And if God is good, I get to make that. If it doesn't work out, that's okay. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I noticed being on the board that, that we have a lot of people who have been in the business a long time. You've said you've been in the business 30 years. Mm-hmm. What is it about real estate that makes people stay in it so long? I always say that kind of real estate sort of gets in your blood, but what's so addictive about it or attractive about this career? It's the entrepreneurial part of it, that fact that you're in control, Uh that you don't have to be somewhere at a certain amount of time. Uh At a certain time, like if you told me I had to be somewhere every day at 9 o'clock, I'd get fired. It just doesn't work. And so for me, it's being in charge of my livelihood. And it's not that I take a lot of vacations or anything like that, but if I have to, like last year, I had to have two knee surgeries when I fell off my motorcycle. Yeah, Two knee surgeries, and then I tore a tendon from my bicep, moving a table in a hotel room. I mean, I could have lost my job over something like that. Right. So for me, it was like, this is a great vocation. The harder you work, the more you make. My mentor, Mary Ellen McWilliams, she used to say, the more you play, the less you make. That's a given. I and mean, it sounds uh-huh. really obvious. Right. But when you start to play hooky, you go, uh-huh. uh-oh, I'm going to make less. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> like 30 days less. from now, I'm going to be mad at myself for not having exactly. a deal Exactly. So it's just holding yourself accountable, being disciplined, you know, making the phone calls you need and just giving people the best service you can give them. And then once you're part of their family, like right now I'm working with kids. They were kids right. when, I, when I sold the home to their parents. Wow. And now they're growing up, they're in their 20s, and they're calling me. That's beautiful. It's awesome. Tell me about a little bit about what's going on at SLAR. We have, there seems like there's events all the time. We have a new CEO, right? Mm-hmm. How did that search go? Who is it? Can you tell me a little bit about him? Because there's probably some realtors listening today. The new CEO at SLAR, his name is John Gormley. Okay. He's a senior VP. We got him from the Association of Texas. And okay. Texas is that Austin? Is, Texas Association of Realtors. Okay. So we call them TAR. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Okay. Yep. And he's a senior VP there in charge of communications and marketing. He has all of the designations that CEOs could possibly have. He has met the budget that he managed there was two and a half million and he had 18 employees, which is just like a simultaneous lateral move to SLAR. And just a good fit. So this week is his third week. End of September is the beginning of his third week. We just had our first strategic planning session with him all day yesterday. Right. And it went very, very well. So I'm looking forward to his leadership at SLAR for a long time. Good. Okay. I'm excited. I haven't met him yet. I guess I'll meet him at the tomorrow. board meeting tomorrow. Tomorrow. I'm going to jump into my five questions. Mm-hmm. All right. And you mentioned already kind of the answer to one of them. But that's a uh, foreshadowing here. But so... First question, who lives under your roof? My husband. We're empty nesters. Okay. And I, my daughter has my dog. She does? Yeah. So my dog is gone, Daisy. How do you let that happen? (laughs) I know. Uh So I still wake up thinking I've got to let her out and I've got a 75 gallon fish tank full of fish, salt water. Oh, wow. That's it. Okay. And you had a son. You had, I guess he doesn't live, we're not mentioning everyone, all your kids and everything. I just have two. My daughter's 24 and my son's 34. Okay. Yep. I went to school with them. I know. Shamana. Yay. Mizzou. Oh, I Mizzou. I was okay. A All right. I, I didn't not, know that. I'm not a Shamana guy. I went to Mizzou. I forget. Them. It was college. All right. So, yep. <laughs> That's right. Uh, where are you your best? I'm my best when I'm with my family. 
when I'm happy okay. and relaxed and my family's all together, that's when I'm at my best. That's my. That's when I feel blessed. That reminded me of the question I was going to ask you earlier. Mm-hmm. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to jump back Go into ahead. question session real quick. Uh-huh. I, I think that something that uh, a lot of realtors kind of need to learn about is how to have a balanced life, right? Instead of all work and no play or all play and no work. You know, that seems like a lot of people are one or the other. How did you figure out how to have a balanced life? I have to admit that, I mean, I did Platinum Club with Remax three years in a row. So that was... That's for an award they get for top sales or something? Correct, right. And when I was with Gundaker, I was in their top 50 all of those years. So I'm not going to say I always had a balanced life. My goal was to take care of my family. I was the primary income. My husband ended up like retiring from the police department, he hurt his back and he wasn't on duty. So we couldn't collect on that. So I became the primary income. He went back to school and he took care of Nikki, took care of getting her to school, Uh the horseback riding lesson. We had horses. So it was like, there was a lot of money going out when that happened. So I had to make it. So was there a lot of balance then? No, but we always had dinner together. That was our thing. So even if I came home at 8.30 at night, that's when we had dinner together. Okay. And the kids know that, that I loved them. I was there. I cleaned. I didn't have a housekeeping service. I cleaned, still uh-huh. cooked, all that stuff for them. But we ate late. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so that was our balance. Rick took her to the horse shows. Rick took her to school. That kind of stuff. But now you have a... I guess I, I guess it's not that you've ever figured out the balance thing. It's just that now you're able to have more balance. Now we right? definitely have more balance. You know, the kids are grown. Things are a little slower. I don't have to make that kind of money right. that I did. Financially, we're okay. God is good. Real estate was good to me. Okay, good. So um, that's the major point of difference. The balance was just telling people, being real upfront with them and saying, I'm busy right now. Can we do this then? And then I would tell my clients, I can't do that right now. I haven't been to a soccer game in two weeks. I have to go to this soccer game. And they would understand. Some realtors will cancel their birthday or cancel their, you know, their mom's birthday or Thanksgiving to go show properties. Nope. Not going to happen. You know what happened? That's a great, can I share this story with you? Sure, please. Yeah. This is what changed my world for me as far as canceling appointments and all of that. I had a client, no names, no or anything. Sure. And he was a pastor and from a church here in St. Louis. Okay. Not one that I went to. So, okay. So he was a referral. Okay. I sold their house and uh-huh. it sold relatively quickly. This was years ago and it sold relatively quickly. So we had to get out and find them a house. And I'll never forget. He was in the front seat. His wife was in the back seat. And we're talking about trying to find them a house and all that. And it was Mother's Day. I was out showing them property on Mother's right. Day. And I'll never forget. She came up in the got it right in my ear, like right in between the seats and said, you must really need the money if you're showing us property on Mother's Day. Oh my gosh. You're going to make me cry. So what did you say? Or what did you and think? I said, I said, you must, you really need a house. That's why I'm showing you property. Yeah. That changed my, my life. Uh-huh. Because if the pastor's wife couldn't appreciate me showing her property on Mother's Day, who else would? Right. And after that, that's when it changed. And yeah. I never did that again. She was thinking that like, you were almost being more selfish. Like you were just there for the money, not like, I'm here to help you guys out, which is kind of what your perspective exactly. was. Exactly. And that's something that, you know, I want agents to toot their horns. When they're doing something for a seller or a buyer, you need to tell them. Uh-huh. 
Because the good agents, we make it look easy. Right. And they don't appreciate it. Uh-huh. So you need to tell them, this is what I just sent the inspection notice to the other agent. I'm waiting on a response back for this. Let them know what you're doing. Right. Otherwise, it's like a surgeon. We don't appreciate how good they are. All we see is a scar and that we're, we're recovering. You need to tell them what you're doing. I, I agree with you. You know, mm-hmm. when we work with a client, excuse me, when we're working with a client, I always try to tell them that at the end of this, you're going to be a real estate expert because education is really important to me and I like to include them in on everything and let them know why we're doing stuff. And exactly. More for them to have the knowledge. Comfort. And comfort, right? And trust. And not, I don't want them to just be like, hey, you just signed the paperwork, you know, I'll let you know when you need it. But because I think they should know what's going exactly. on. Exactly. It's a friendship, a trust, a consultant and everything. But that's what changed my world. That's a good story. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope that realtors that are listening hear that because mm-hmm. I think there are realtors who will go out showing properties on Mother's Day and they think that their clients will be mad at them, I guess, if they don't. Mm-hmm. The only thing I can think about is what if you then had a second client that wanted to see homes that day? What would you tell them? You'd say, sorry, I can't. I'm mm-hmm. busy, you mm-hmm. know? And so I'm like, why couldn't you have said that same thing to the first one, you know? Mm-hmm. So you answered where you're your best, at home, playing with your fish. My family, riding my motorcycle. Riding Love your motorcycle. That. That's better than therapy. Now you wear a helmet, right? Oh, I got a helmet. I got gear. I got everything. Okay, good. It's an off-road GS. Mm-hmm. For all the motorcycle listeners, I'm a scooter guy, but don't make fun of me. <laughs> when a motorcycle goes I'm by, I like to you. honk at you and be like, hey, I got like a part road. of the club. <laughs> Do you read blogs or do you listen to other podcasts? Do you have a favorite? I've I've tuned into yours, so I've listened okay. to several of those. <laughs> I really haven't listened to podcasts before. Okay. So you expanded my horizons on Sweet. that. So in the last month, that's how I've learned. You know, I'll listen to things on like on videos from Inman News. Okay. Um, boom, boom, other places like that. Was there a, a kind of a book that you remember that had an impact on you or helped you with your business or anything along the way? What's that millionaire book? Yeah, the millionaire real estate agent. That's the okay. one. Okay, I have good. that. It's highlighted, bent, been People carried love that around. Book. Yep. Uh, what is your guilty pleasure? Wine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I knew that I should have had wine for you. Wine. Today. Um, for me, it's if if I don't have an appointment on a Saturday morning, then I can have wine on that Friday night, or I'll have wine with my son and my husband on Sunday dinner. But I can only have like two glasses because if I have to get up early on Monday, uh-huh. that's my guilty pleasure. I'm going how many days till wine and chocolate? <laughs> Red or white? White Chardonnay. Really? I'm okay. a Chardonnay that's girl. My girlfriend likes Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. Do you like really good ones or do you? I can drink anything. any. That sounds horrible. But... She she buys. It's called cul-de-sac. She gets it from the gas station yeah it's like three dollars she loves it more than more expensive ones Mm -hmm. and last question and you already sort of answered this one but who is your mentor and how have you thanked them well she's passed away but her name was mary ellen mcwilliams okay she was the smartest person i ever met she was a realtor she was a realtor and uh she smoked and had a raspy voice and uh-huh. didn't like fools very well. And I feel very fortunate that she put up with me. Okay. And to this day, I still, I take care of her husband. He's in assisted living, so I go see Jim. I don't know. They're just good people, still love her. And it's been about two years since she passed away. But I could just run anything past her. That's nice of you yeah. to still kind of take care of her husband and show, like, respect to her family in that way, we I go guess. Go back 30 years. Yeah. She wow. was there with me from the beginning. Okay. Anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? up i know you're busy thank you for letting me come here thank you for serving at slar 
Oh, thank you. It's a big responsibility. We remake decisions for our membership. We have 7,500 members at SLAR, so we are the largest association in the state of Missouri. It's a big deal when when St. Louis does something. I want to encourage people to get involved at SLAR, apply for committees, go to our website and apply, and then after that, Go to the Missouri Association of Realtors. That's a wonderful uh, way to increase your business. I get referrals from friends there. Oh, wow, okay. I joined the Leadership Academy. That's something you should consider joining yes, at some I've point. Yes, i heard that. You know, at first it's so awkward because of exercise building, things they do, team building, and it feels uh-huh. like so hokey. But by the end of the year, you are friends and you are family. And the leadership skills that you learn, like you might learn that that person here, yep, they're not very social, but you'll learn to appreciate the other skills that they have instead of them just writing them off. And it just helped me. It changed, it transformed it and it helped my business because I'm better with my sellers. I'm better with my buyers. I'm a better person. Well, I would second about getting involved at SLAR because it's amazing for me. It gives me confidence. You know, if I have to talk to another broker or something like that, a lot of other brokers or realtors will throw out stuff like, well, I'm on the grievance committee, so this, you know, it's like, well, so was I, you know. (laughs) Wear your name tag and wear your pins. Remember those pins I gave you guys for the installation? Yeah. That's your board of director pin. Okay. Wear that when you were in a suit. Wear that because that's something you should wear with pride. Beautiful. All right. You can cut that out if you want. No, that's great. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you, Adam. We appreciate you. That's it. We'll talk to you next time. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.